This episode is sponsored by Wade and Williamson. Check them out at wadeandwill.com for all your summer sports apparel needs. Use promo code BRICK for 15% off at the checkout. Links are in the bio. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Losers Ball Podcast. I'm Ben, alongside Elon, and we have a very special guest on today, John Hartofillis. Uh, he reached out to us, you know, a couple months ago. So this episode has been, um, you know, a long time in the long time in the making. John, um, you know, we kind of caught you a bit late after the Knicks series, but we, we just want to know what was the atmosphere like in New York City uh, for the past week um, with the Knicks magical uh, magically making the playoffs for the first time since. What was it, 2013, 2014? 2013. Before I was even in high school, before I was a man yet, like all, before all <laughs> that, um, it was, it, it, it's, I'm happy you said the atmosphere in New York City because everyone always asks me about the building itself in MSG. This was a citywide thing. It wasn't just in one building. It wasn't just in the streets around it because sure, when the game was over and people were going crazy in the street, it was awesome. But it was just like, you felt it in the whole city. And, and I, I was actually um, interviewed for an article in The Athletic a week or two ago. Um, and they, they, the, the whole article was about just kind of the, the impact the Knicks have had on just the high school basketball scene, because it's real. Like I, I'm coaching all these games now in the Lower East Side and people are showing up to those games in Knicks jerseys that they weren't doing that a couple months ago. Um, like, like that just hasn't really been happening. There's a buzz and there's a, there's a conversation about the Knicks that hasn't been had in my entire lifetime, basically. So, it, I mean, really, it, it's kind of reshaped everything. Um, obviously, the series didn't play out the way we wanted it to. Um, I was at all three of the home games and obviously game one, I felt for the first time what it felt to get your heart ripped out of your chest on a, on a game winning <laughs> shot in the playoffs because you always see it on TV. You're like, okay, you know what? Like that's, that's terrible for that team. Like it's unfortunate they lost, but when you're in the stands and you're like, you're, you're, you're really just putting your whole heart and soul into it. You really feel it. And then game two, they can't, I, I honestly, that's the second time I felt my heart sick to my stomach because I wasn't going to go to the game. I was going to try – I get the tickets for my sports business club. Um, no one really wanted to go because they lost game one. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll go. And it's obviously not cheap to go to these games. You're, you're sitting there. They're down 13 in the third quarter. Oh my God, like you feel it. You feel it, man. You yeah. really feel it. And then all of a sudden they come back. They win outside. It's actual pain. It, you would think we won the championship or we won back-to-back or – I don't know, World War II ended, something to that effect, right? That, that, that's really what it was like. So that was game two. And then obviously game five, Trey Young's bow, the whole thing. I mean, it really, that, that, that was just kind of great because even in defeat, you really felt the whole city kind of come together and say, you know what? Like, because everyone was clapping at the end, like this was a great season. Um, whether, we're, whether we lose in the first round in five games or not, um, it meant a lot to us as, 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 as fans and as a, as, a, as a whole city. So really just an unforgettable, an unforgettable experience for me, especially being the first time in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah, we're so just actually two- going to record on uh, for game two. We're going to we we're supposed to record on that day. Um, I remember you told us you were trying to sell the tickets. That you know we're trying to you're trying to work some work your way around it. And we're like Elon and I were talking. We're like, there's no way you're missing game two. Like if we're in your situation, <laughs> we'd just be like, hey, you know, we have to postpone this episode. I don't care. We're, we're going to the game today. So we're happy that you're able to see you know the only win in the playoff series. And big thing, honestly, big things are coming come for the Knicks next year, especially with the uh, a lot of big name free agents available too. Yeah, just two quick questions for you though. Quickly, is Trey Young the most hated man in New York, and does anyone care about the Nets right now? Definitely the most hated man in New York. I don't want to bash on the Nets too much because people still care. When I was at the, I was at Game One yesterday, and 
like people do care. Now, do they sell a lot more tickets? Do they, do they sell half as many tickets as the Knicks? No. Do they sell more second round tickets than the Knicks do? Yes, because they're in the second round and we're not. That's what one, <laughs> one of my really good friends on Nets fans said. Okay, we might have trouble selling, selling second round tickets, but the Knicks have a much harder time selling their second round <laughs> tickets. Um, but I mean, in all honesty, I, I do think, I mean, it, it is the Knicks town and it's it's unfortunate for Nets for, for the Nets as an organization that the one time they they, they almost had, it's like, let's say they, win the, they won the championship this year and the Knicks were a, a more abundant franchise that they've been. You could maybe start to see some distance start to creep in, right? With people my age, maybe, right? That never saw the Knicks be good. Now you see the Nets win multiple championships. There, that that core would stay together longer. If this Nets team doesn't make it to the finals, the Knicks would have had a more successful season. That's crazy to say that because this Nets team, right? It looks really good in the second round matchup. But if it really is championship bust for them, for the Knicks, it was euphoria to make the playoffs. They exceeded that by being the four seed. Um, so I mean, there's there's really, I I don't want to say that the Knicks, that the, the, the Nets just are, no one really cares about them because they do. I mean, I look at it as, as a Bucks team when I go personally, but for, I mean, for the most part, they, 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 they're, they're, they're doing their best. And unfortunately though, when, when there's a the history with the Knicks in terms of just the city loving them, not, not so much a winning history, but just the city of them being the identity of a, of a city that really takes it, that stuff personally, it's, it's tough for the Nets to really dig into that at all. Oh, for sure. Um, so, you know, well, obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about the NBA playoffs like later in the episode, but we just want to, you know, get our listeners to know a little bit about you. Uh, you have basically built yourself quite a pretty, you know, solid career so far. You're a young guy within the basketball world, within the sports world. You've networked with some crazy people. You've spoken. You've had. You have your own podcast. You have a whole podcast network. You've interviewed some, you know, insanely legit people. Some guys who are high up in the NBA, WNBA, all across basketball. So, why don't you just tell us how you got involved? How that started? where it's taken you so far, a little bit of the journey, how anyone who wants to get involved in basketball, how they might, you know, approach that, that, uh, that career path, because a lot of people who listen, you know, not, not everyone can make it to the NBA. Not everyone ha- has those genes, those, those natural talents, the skills to make it to the league, but they still want to have a career in basketball. They want to be, you know, a t- their, their life to follow within the basketball path, but obviously they have to f- follow a different route. Uh, one that's more, more uh, suited for the common folk. Who's not as crazy, not six foot five, not insanely athletic, can't duck the basketball, guys like me. So, how did you start it? How did it get to get, uh, how did it take you to where you are today? That is an incredibly hard intro to follow up. I'm gonna do my best <laughs> to follow that up. Uh, maybe I can get that down in writing for like a, maybe I gotta make a website for myself and just put that as a front thing. But I mean, th- thank you for that. But I mean, honestly, <laughs> I'll be your marketing, I'm your marketing director right now. <laughs> definitely. Uh, but I mean, no, I, I would say it, it really is something I, I'm of the belief. That everyone always talks about hardest making in the sports industry, and it is. It definitely is hard. It's one of the most cutthroat industries because everyone loves sports. Everyone wants to be a GM. Everyone wants to do this. And there's obviously only 30 GM jobs. Right? There's only there's only so many jobs. Right? Every team can't hire everyone that's interested. Um, and so for that reason, it's obviously much harder than some of these other professions where not everyone, right? Almost everyone I know, um, right, is 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 telling me I want to be a GM. I want to do this. I want to do that. The difference that I'm just seeing is it's the people that actually do it, right? It's the people that actually are saying, okay, you know what? Whatever, whatever degree you're chasing. A lot of my guests that come on, it's funny, like everyone always asks me, okay, what should I study? What should I do this? That really doesn't matter. It's all about what you do, like like just outside of that. And, and networking is obviously key. And I'm going to harp on that in a, in, a, in a second. But it really is just so much more. It, it's just it's just doing, it's just kind of getting out of that, your, your comfort zone and doing something that no one else is doing or, or, or trying to find people that are doing that thing, right? That's kind of what I'm doing with the network. Um, but to kind of touch on networking for a little bit, everyone's afraid of it, right? Especially for me, I, I started my LinkedIn when I was a freshman in college. Now I'm a, I'm, I just finished my junior year. I'm a rising senior. For the first, I would say two years of having a LinkedIn profile, my whole freshman year, my whole sophomore year, I didn't touch it. I didn't think about it. I had 50 connections. They were all my, my really good friends. 
And there were, there, there's obviously other situations where that's the case, right? It's not just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use a LinkedIn because that's my example. And obviously everyone might hear that and go, or hear this story and go, you know what? That's my situation with this. Because like, it might not be a platform, it might be just a way of meeting people or, or maybe your current job. Um, so at the time, my freshman year, I was coaching for, uh, freshman basketball in my old high school. I was doing cool things. And I, you know, I, I, was, I was obviously involved in basketball in some case. And that, that's kind of what makes me wake up every day is basketball is my passion. That's going to, that's me what fuels me. But I realized when, when COVID hit um, at the end of my sophomore year of college that I'm really, I'm doing uh, uh, cool things in basketball, but if I'm really going to set myself apart, it's got to be something that's like, like that no one else is doing. And I have to get creative. And it, it took a lot of brainstorming, right? It wasn't just an overnight thing where, okay, I'm going to do a network, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. That wasn't even the thought at the beginning. The thought at first was, let me do this podcast. And the biggest thing, this is the key, let me not give up. Because everyone I know, right, has done an Instagram page where they give their opinions or, or, or something to that effect, something super small. And I felt it too, right? You feel the heat of other people's opinions. Um, I started my show, it's called Big Fellas Basketball, right? Not the most professional thing. I mean, I, I, I put a lot of hard work into it for the first few weeks, but people would make fun of it, right? Oh, this, who does, you know, this guy has a podcast. Like, you know, like what, what is a podcast? Um, oh, he thinks he's cool because he has a podcast. I'd go to play basketball, right? It's called Big Fellas Podcast. I'd go up for a dunk and everyone would yell, Big Fellas Podcast. And you feel a little bit like, well, I only have five episodes. I don't get a lot of listeners. You know, maybe these people are right and making fun of me and, and you maybe feel that heat. The same thing, you might think feel a different way. I felt it multiple times when I was actually 14, I had a YouTube channel called JH Productions and I would make basketball mixtapes. That's kind of my main skill. And that's one thing I would say is find your main skill and try to translate it to the sports industry because the, the skill of video editing helped me so much with starting the podcast because I obviously have to do it all on my own. But when I was 14, I would do these videos with James Harden, Blake Griffin, all these guys because they're players that I liked. And I started feeling heat where people would be like, oh, you make, like, that's what you do. You make videos. Like that's, that's what you do. Um, one of my Blake Griffin ones actually got 40,000 views out of nowhere. I'm not sure how it must've been an algorithm thing. I don't know how I, it was, cause it's funny. It was actually the, the work. I, I did a one Blake Griffin video that did really well. And a better one had like a hundred views. I don't know how the first one got 40 K and I should have taken that looking back on it. I should have taken that momentum and have been like, oh my God, this is insane. Let me go full, full core press on this. And I've, you know, done something because with, with video editing and done, made a page like, you know, add dunks on Instagram or, you know, do those hots. Cause I, I, I thought I was pretty good at that stuff, but you feel the heat 14, a little bit young, right? That that's tough. There's people, right? I felt it at 20. There's people that feel it much older than that, where you feel that little pressure and you're like, you know what? I'm a little, I'm afraid. I don't want to post it on my Instagram before po uh, starting uh, Gen Z hoops. I had a show called the freak show. I was going to do a buck show. Um, it was going to be pretty cool. I did one episode. I was so embarrassed by it. I didn't even post it on my Instagram story because I don't want people to see it. I'm like, you know what? This show's not good enough. Just start it. I honestly, if I, if I'd started freak show earlier, if I'd done that my freshman year, I would now I'm at 205 episodes, whatever it is, just recently hit, hit 200. I'd be at four or 500 because I would have done this earlier. Do I regret it? Absolutely not. That's just how it played out. But looking back on it, just whatever you're thinking of, hang up on this episode started now a lot of people call me and they're like how do i do this how do i start a podcast i give them the framework or i come on a show like this and i tell the framework one percent of those people do it be that one percent right take this and say okay you know what i'm gonna start it because a lot of people maybe start one there's a, there's actually a really interesting stat um 90 of podcasts don't make it past ep episode nine right and you, you kind of think that how is that possible joe rogan of course has you know all those episodes um there's a lot of those shows that do daily shows for five six years that's just one podcast i'm talking about all the shows that people start and just leave them after a couple episodes that was almost me i did five six episodes of player breakdowns and looked at them and said man it's been two months i've done seven, seven eight episodes like i'm not getting a lot of views i have no good guests like what am i going to do and that was the point in august of last year when i realized okay i'm either gonna go all out on this or all out and there's no way i'm going all out because that's just like that's you can kind of think of it as not going all out but I, I looked at it as going all out and that's not an option so that's when i went on linkedin 
I went through every single team, went through every single thing, sent all these connection requests. And I thought to myself, you know what? I might not know these people in basketball, but I might know someone that knows these people, right? And that's, that's, that, that's the key when you're first starting out. So I come to find out that there's some of these guests that might say yes right away, right? Like, for example, Alan Simon's episode 10 for me, and anyone can go back and look at the, the guests I've had, or maybe even the, the first ones that were a little more open to this. He responds to everything. If you send him a message, he'll respond. Um, there's other people that like that too, especially my first few guests. So it wasn't because he came on because I had a thousand episodes and so many views or whatever it might be. He came on because he saw a kid that was working hard and he wanted to give him a shot. Um, and a lot of my guests are good people for, for like, right? And they're, they're, they're great for that reason. Um, so I would say, really just get out because for me it was super scary alan stein like he i've been watching him on youtube for all these years like he's he's one of, you know, one of those trainers i always look up to if you if you just get rid of that that initial shock and reach out to him oh my god it's gonna change your life it's gonna change your life because from then on i go i got him i can get anybody really because for me it was a celebrity my, my first guest ever was episode uh alan Stein's episode 10 episode 7 was coleman ayers little uh 20 uh subscribers on youtube he's about 20 maybe he's 22 right now he's a year older than me and i'm about to turn 21 he is a YouTuber that I was watching when I was 16. He was 17. And I always thought he was older because he never showed his face and he had a deep voice. So I'm like, oh, wow, this guy knows his stuff. Like he's such a good trainer. And I would, you know, going into my basketball season, I would, I would watch his videos. I'd watch his content, good content. And I hit him up on LinkedIn. He never uses LinkedIn. By chance, he sees my thing. He responds, gives me his number. Now we're friends. And I were texting. He came to the Queens for a tournament. I couldn't go because I was coaching. But like that, like we would have seen each other. Like that stuff would have happened. Um, that's awesome to me. And that getting him to respond, I go, no, none of my friends care that I had him on my show. No one knew who he was. But to me, it's like, I got him and I can get anybody on. Like, it's over now. Like, you give me that momentum, like, I'm, I'm taking it. So that's when, from then on, it went from one episode a week, not even one, it was one every two weeks, to one a week, to two a week, to three a week. To at that point, I was having, like, 15 people on in a row, and I had to, like, people were texting me, like, hey, are you going to post my episode? Yeah, don't worry, you're coming up in, you're coming up in two weeks. Like, don't worry, like, I, got, I got you. Because that was just the way the momentum took it. Um, and then, uh, obviously, then, in December, that's where the creativity came into where I said, you know what? I'm at episode 50, December 28th with Drew Halen, a big time guest, one of my biggest ones up to, uh, to this date. Let me, let me rebrand. Let me go from big fellas to Gen Z hoops and take this to the next level where it's not maybe a funny, like a day school show. It's more of a, okay, I'm going to be there with the basketball, like I'm a, a professional headshot. I'm going to be a young, a young professional. That's kind of the vibe I want to go with. From then on, we went to seven days a week content. I actually put a job posting up on LinkedIn. Um, and this is where all the, this is where all the this, this this is kind of I learned this from like my guests maybe like how to do this stuff. That's all later on, and we'll talk about that. And and that's kind of for me to show you like where this where this stuff could take you because we'll talk about all that. But the biggest thing I want to key on is the first thing is just me not giving up in August. That's the biggest thing. Um, all this stuff we'll, we'll talk about that's that's all great. It, it's it's really creative. I mean, I'm sure your listeners will enjoy that. But the biggest thing they can take away is if you have an idea because I, I I was thinking about Big Fellas podcast from it's funny March I was like I'm gonna do this show called Big Fellas Podcast. This is what it's going to look like. This is going to be my art. And it took me three months to start it. Now, is do I regret that? No. But I wish, you know, it would have been nice if I'd started earlier. Same thing for you, right? Like, I was home March, April, May. Didn't even think of, didn't even have the, have the, it didn't mean, have the guts to start it. If you start it, it'll change your life. That That's all I got to say. It's a long way to say long, that. Oh, yeah. So, um, actually, like you were talking about how you had all these, you know, different, uh, different titles, like different shows, um, when you were creating like an episode or, you know, a podcast, new podcast, did you do everything on your own or did you kind of have someone mentoring you, you know, giving you advice, you know, someone that also had experience uh, creating podcasts? Uh, what was it like? Because I know a lot of people, you know, they think, you know, they hear the word podcast like, oh, you know, I'm also great with like, you know, um, like voice recordings or editing or I don't think I have that skills. So how did you find the experience? Was it overwhelming? Did you have someone, you know, by your side to, to really help you out? 
I had one incredible resource by my side. And it's this thing called Google. It's incredible. You guys really <laughs> should, every, everyone listening should try it sometime. It's insane. You go on Google and you type in how to start a podcast. A- Anchor is what I use. Um, and it's obviously super easy. It's the best way. To, it's, it's, it's just, they call it right. The easy quote unquote, the easiest way to, to start a podcast or to record a podcast. Super easy. I, I've gotten obviously really good with it up to this point with, 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 uh, with using it and obviously putting things up. Um, I, I luck, you know, I, I had the background experience in Final Cut Pro. I could have learned it if I needed to. It's not like to do a podcast. It's not that um, intensive to cut things and drag them and everything like that, but everything from the beginning of the show is by myself. I mean, um, some things I didn't know how to do. Let's say I didn't know how to make a good podcast art. So I went on Fiverr. I spent $20 uh, and got, I got someone really good to make a really good cover art. That may be something that was over my head. But in terms of the daily thing of the show, all on my own, in terms of making show notes, um, obviously you're networking to guests. That's always going to be me doing that. Um, editing the episodes myself. That was the most tactical thing because three episodes a week of video content to go through and cut it the way I do with performing basically surgery. Not easy, but I did it, right? It had to get up somehow. Um, and I, I was held myself accountable to say, okay, I'm going to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. There's no way I'm going to post an episode on Saturday because I was too lazy on Friday or because I had something to do on Friday. There were times where I'd coach, a, I'd actually coach a practice on Friday night, maybe coach from like five to seven. And I like had just almost finished doing it, but I couldn't do it before I got out the door. I'd be in my car at seven. Everyone else leaving the practice. I'm sitting there cutting it up. Because I know that when I get home, I got to put it up right away to make sure I post on Instagram and tag them before it gets too late. Because that's just what it took. I mean, I'm sitting there editing it. Um, same thing where I'm on the train. I'm like, you know what? I got to do my show notes now because if I don't do them now, I can't do them when I get home. Like that, It was always a constant schedule. Kind of crazy. Um, I, I mean, I, I hope I don't get gray hairs when I'm 40 because of what I'm doing now. <laughs> but that's kind of what I think keeps me going is always, I, I always need something to do. Um, and I, that's, I kind of think is just something that everyone, like, right, if, if, it's, if it's your passion, you're going to do it. Like my, it was my, it wasn't like a job that I had to get those episodes up every day. It was like, I, like, I need to do this. Cause I, like, that's what makes me happy. Um, LinkedIn messages, notifications, when I get a new, a new connection, it makes me so happy. I can't even explain it to you guys. I'm walking down the street. I hear the LinkedIn notification. I look down. Sometimes it's like a viewer, like, but I just see blah, blah, blah connected with you. I just like, I don't even know who the guy is, right? I might not even know who the guy is, but just like, I'm like, you know what? Like this is like, things are happening. Or sometimes, you know, you get a big one, like a big time name that maybe they won't respond, but you get like a, an NBA hall of fame or something like that. That you're like, Oh, you know, maybe they'll respond sometimes 90% of the time they don't, but it's like, wow. Like I still have the connection. Like that's crazy. Like, you know, they, they even saw like, for example, like, let's say like a, a, a um, Sydney Moncrie, right. NBA hall of famer. He connected with me. I was like, what? Like, that's insane. Like how he's from like the seven, like, how is that even possible to where he's like connecting with LinkedIn? He hasn't responded yet. Hopefully he comes on the show soon. But like that whole idea was just really exciting to me. And I, that's just kind of what kept me going. And yeah, all on my own at the beginning, I realized now if I'm gonna do it seven days a week, if I'm gonna do all these other shows, I need help. Um, and obviously delegating was a little difficult because it was my, my baby. It's like, okay, now I have someone else doing my episode for me and putting it up. Like, it's tough to give that away, but I realized it was obviously the, the, the necessary next step because when January hit, oh my God, I started coaching again. I wasn't doing that before that. Um, a bunch of things started picking up and like to really do a good job and not be rushed and not, and, and, to, and to be able to do everything definitely needs some help. So that's where the LinkedIn job posting came in. And I, I met incredible, I, I was expecting to get high school scenes. I got, I got incredible people out of my, it's crazy. My best friends now are from a LinkedIn job post uh, or if I, like we're from a, or, or from or this podcast, or I've met them once in person, but we've spoken on Zoom so many times. So really, I mean, it, it, it did start off as a solo job. Eventually you have to know, learn how to delegate, but it's really, like I said, that resource Google, man, it, 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 it really, that's all you need. I, I don't have a, I don't have my, my dad doesn't know this. Stuff. My dad's not even in sports at all. Um, he's in, he's in like, no, no, like no knowledge of sports. Love him to death. He tries really hard to follow along with the games with me. Um, no one in my, no, none of my friends, well, I have a friend, Jesse, he started his own podcast. He had a, had a, had that kind of business sense to be creative with it, but still really, it's, it's really about 
okay, I'm going to do this. It's on me. I'm one accountable for it. Let me go on Google and look some stuff up. Let me look up how to, how, like, right, let me, how to send a calendar invite. Cause that's super important, right? You don't want to be having people miss your show. Like all that stuff really, it was a learning process. Sure. But once you get going, it's, it's the momentum. I mean, it was second nature by episode 15. That's awesome. Um, so you've spoken a little about the podcast and, you know, you, you starting it off and also, and just how it went from, you know, big fellas to uh, Gen Z network. And so how, Let's just talk about the Gen Z network because, you know, it's not just you who does that. There's we, we were talking about this before. You have Gen Z uh, Rockets, Gen Z. Uh, I don't even know which teams you have so far, but you have right now. Uh, you can tell us a little bit about how many different uh, podcasts there are within the Gen Z network. So what is the overall idea behind Gen Z network? Why Gen Z network? And where, where do you see that going? So at this moment in time, we're at Gen Z Rockets, Gen Z Warriors, and Gen Z 76ers. I'm super, I mean, I, I, we, I, we started all these a little while ago. I'm super excited with the, with obviously, the, I, I love the hosts we have doing it. They're, 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 my, they're my best friends now. I've met two of them. I met one of them twice because he came to the Nets game yesterday. One of them I'm meeting this week when we go to the Sixers game because he's, he's, he's bringing me down to Philly. You know, like that's, who, who, who could even think that? And the other one, Ananya, she's um, over in San Francisco, 3,000 miles away. I've never met her. I'm going to meet her this summer when I'm working at Stanford camp. And like, you know, she, she's killing it too. Like everyone's the whole thing with the network is I just want to meet people that are my age that are, that are doing cool stuff. Right. That are doing, it, that, that's really what it comes down to. It, there's no like, pre, like that. It's like, okay. Are you like Gen Z? Do you, are, are you want to have a career? Do you, do you, are you really passionate about this thing? Like, not like, Oh, you're just saying it. Like you want to show someone like, that's why everyone's kind of joining along and, and, and doing this. And, and that's why I create, that's why they, they all want to take these shows is because for example, right. And that's kind of why I started my show when I go into a job interview, right. And someone asks you me, you know, do you love basketball? Right. Anyone can say it. Right. My, my mom knows, right. That I love basketball. Right. And those people, cause she, cause she, my mom loves me. She knows I love the game. She knows I work hard. She knows I do all this stuff. No one else at a job interview knows that about you. If you just, I can say I work hard, right? I can tell you guys I work hard. Now, if I just met you guys the first time we got on the phone and I was like, yeah, Benjamin, yeah, I, I work hard. Like, okay, this guy's full of it. Right. Like what, what, what do you mean you work? Everyone can say they work hard. Now, if you ask me, do you work hard? I could say, well, I did this, you know, 200 episodes and this amount of like, you know, that's how I work. That's how much I love the game. You know, may, do you know the game? Maybe I don't know the game, but I spoke to these people that do know the game. Does that does that count for anything? Like, you have to be able to showcase something because anyone could talk about it. I could say all, all day, I, I know basketball. How, how can I prove that to you in 20 seconds? Like, the only way I can prove it to you is by, okay, like that, the show may, might be able to prove it. Other internships, other things, that's, you, got, you kind of have to prove everything. You can't just kind of say it because anyone can say they work hard. Anyone can say, I was the hustle guy in high school. Like, what does that mean? Right. Like, like no one knows, no one understands that. You have to be able to prove it. And that's kind of what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to prove that, okay, we're maybe only 20, we're 21, we're 22. Age is just a number. Complete, like, like, I love that saying because it's so true. Because, I mean, anyone could look at me and say, okay, you're 20, you know, how are you coaching at 20? When I was 18, how are you coaching at 18? Um, how is that even like, right? But does that really matter if I'm, if I'm, if I'm doing all the right things? Um, there's a lot of people that are much older than me, have much more experience that maybe don't do the right things that maybe don't. I mean, and, and that's, and there's some that obviously do way more. There's people that are younger than me that are doing more like, right. I, I, age doesn't really matter. It's, it, we kind of look at it as a society as like a, you know, a prerequisite to doing certain things or, you know, experience trumps everything or, but sometimes it's not, this is one of my, well, a great guest. Oh my God. Uh, Jonathan uh, uh, from the, oh my God, from the Pistons. He was great. Uh, he's the cha team chaplain for them. Um, he came on my show and said, it's not what you've, it's not what you've experienced. It's, it's not what, uh, your experience It's what you've experienced, right? It's like actually like what that's done to you. Not just like, oh, just checking boxes off a thing. It's like actually what you've learned from it. That's kind of what I want to prove with the network. And I think why so many people have gravitated towards the idea of it is like, 
this is really what I, I, I want to make it a family. I want to make it like, okay, we're, let's all go to a game together. Let's all go to Vegas summer league and just absolutely destroy, like, like absolutely like destroy Vegas summer league. Cause if you go by yourself, you know, it might get a little, like it's, it's tough to navigate, right. It's, it's hard to get in there, pay for everybody by yourself. Let's go as a group. Let's, 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 let's actually go with friends and let's actually become friends. Like that's awesome to me. Um, and that's kind of what I'm trying to accomplish with the network. We have other shows coming up soon. Gen Z Bucks, Gen Z Grizzlies are coming up. Um, Gen Z Celtics are coming up. A couple other ones in the works. But I mean, I'm excited. It's going to really, I think, I, I think the network's going to be the biggest thing. It's going to be something that can go way longer. Gen Z Hoops was great and it's the flagship show and it's, it's kind of a broad thing of everything. But the network's really what I'm really um, hoping for is going to take us over the top. Yeah, no, you, you're talking about hard work. You know, Elon and I, we both know that you're honestly one of probably the most hardworking person we've ever met. Um, and probably one of the hardest working people we've ever had on the show. Um, we also, we want to know, you know, for our, for our viewers too, when you're trying to get a guest, what, how do you kind of, you know, pitch them, you know, Gen Z hoops to come on the show? How do they know that, you know, first time that they've connected to you on LinkedIn or, you know, first time getting in touch with them, how do they know that, that this is something that could be beneficial for them while it's also you know beneficial for you? Love that question. Oh my God, it's, it's my favorite one. But by, by, by far my favorite one. Because everyone looks at it networking as, I'm going to go out to Sky for a job. And that's not, please, if you're listening to this episode, do not, like, I, I everyone always goes to me, you had Tommy Shepard, he's a GM on your show. Like, is he, are you working, like, you know, did you ask him for a job? Are you working for the Wizards? Like, that stuff will come in the future. Like, that's, that, that, that is the result. You, you got to focus on the process. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. The process is, let's build a relationship. I don't, I'm not just looking at these people that I'm connecting with or these guests as, as jobs, right? That's just not, they're, they're, they're human beings. They're great human beings, the more because they, they, they gave me a chance. But I mean, on top of that, they're not just the ticket to a job. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's what ends up happening. Maybe, you know, that happens online with somebody. And I've, I've been offered jobs by a couple of guests or they've, maybe like, let's try this or, or like they connecting with other people. And you know, that, that sure. That's, that's a great result of that, but that's not the whole point of the relationship though. There's much more to it than that. Networking is definitely a two-way street. You have, there's, there's a thing as positive networking or just being able to, that, that's kind of what I do with the show is if I hit up someone, right. Uh, any one of my guests, pick, pick any guests you want to think of, let's say Tommy Shepard, right. He's the best one. Cause he's being a GM, big title. Everyone's like, Oh my God, how'd you get him on the show? If I hit up Tommy Shepard, right. Via email and said, Mr. Shepard, my name is John Harry Phillips. I'm a super hardworking junior in college, and I'd love to pick your brain. Do you have temp- do, can I have half hour time to talk? There is an absolutely no way I'm getting a response. And if, you, if you're sending those, please stop because it's not getting a response. You have to be able to provide something in return. One way to do that might be a scouting report, right? Maybe he doesn't even look at it because he doesn't have the time, but you, you have to, you, right? There's so, many, there's so many GMs, there's so many people you have to hopefully, hope, one's got to hit. One, right. One's got a hit. So you send it, say, Mr. Tommy Shepard, I, I looked over this film and I just wanted you to see this because I did a scouting report on your team or do this or that. Now, are you really helping him that much? No, he's got a staff that's doing, that's got way better scouting reports, doing way more, but he might sit there and go, you know what? This kid's serious, right? This kid's serious. You might send him uh, scouting reports is like the, is like the best way. I think it's like, that's like kind of what everyone always talks about is having that in your portfolio. You might reach out to him and say, I just got this and I, I thought you might know, or, or I connected with this person that you might know. And there, there's really so many ways to kind of make it unique and kind of make it tailored instead of just saying, everyone, can you give me a job? I, like, I don't know if, I, if I'm that person at the other end, I'm looking at like, I don't know you. Like, why would I do that? Now, for example, Tommy Shepard, right? I have not really been able to, like, he's super busy. I didn't want to bother him during the season, communicate with him during the season itself. But after, but um, maybe he's in Vegas. I see him in Vegas. Maybe right, things ha- that that's kind of it, it, it's a long game. You can't kind of think in the present to where everything's got to happen right now. I'm gonna reach out to him, and our entire relationship is gonna be in this day on this on this day. You know, because he responded to my email, everything's gonna change. 
it's basketball is a small world. It, it, it like right, it's it's gonna go. It's, like, basketball's gonna be here in a, a lot, a few, five years, ten years, whatever. Like it's it, play the long game. Please do not just kind of go all in and 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 ask for a job right away because that's an ask. And I, that's one thing I do. I never ask. Um, right down the line, maybe right, you get so close with someone to where, right, you need it. Right, that stuff, that stuff happens. But right now, when you're initially making the the connection, that's not right. What I do is I always send the thing as. I kind of always phrase it. I'm a 20 year old high school student, a 20 year old high school basketball coach from New York city. I started my own podcast. I'll always say I had on, like, let's say I've had on five Cavs assistants for the sixth one. I'll say I had on, you know, your buddies, like these, these are the guys I had on. So he goes, Oh, wow. Like he, he knows Greg. Oh, he knows, he knows that guy. Oh, that's cool. This guy's actually legit. I always give the link to the show so you can see it. Just kind of a way to say, this is a legit show. I'd like to extend an invitation to you to join me on my show. If you'd like to accept it. Great. If not, Hopefully we see you right. Like that, that's kind of what you, you approach. I'm offering something. I'm not asking for your time. I mean, technically I am, but you have to, right, you have to phrase it in this networking stage as this is something I'm giving you. If you want to take it great. If you don't no, no problem. The other way it's like, you're giving me something. I, I need your time. I need your this. Now, am I obviously taking the time? Sure. Do I have thousands of listeners to where is Tommy Shepard gaining anything from coming on my show? No, he's doing it out of the goodness of his heart, but it's that idea of I'm making the attempt to provide value both ways. That may, that changes the game. You have to find a way to provide value because if you're not providing value, you're, you're you're only taking value. No one wants no one wants to be no one wants to no one wants to talk to that guy. No one wants to talk to the guy that's taking value. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so you mentioned Tommy Shepard. You mentioned Drew Hanlon, Alan Stein. You you've gotten a lot of guests on your show on your network. And so let's just who are some of the people that you've met throughout either you know summer league, LinkedIn, all that stuff. Who has been some of the notable people that you've really enjoyed talking to? Some of the people that stood out to you were maybe the first time where you connected to them and you're like, wow, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe they responded. They accepted my uh, LinkedIn invitation or just someone who you're blown away by. You know, you thought it was the conversation was, okay, I got this Lakers assistant coach on my podcast. I thought it was going to be all Lakers. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, I have so much more to talk about other than just Lakers stuff. Uh, so who are some of your favorite guests to have on the show? Obviously, I'm assuming you loved everyone on the show. You don't have to, I'm not saying, you know, rank all the guys in order, but you know, some of the, the, the standouts. Everyone always asks me, who's your favorite? And I, it's obviously an impossible thing to do because there's whatever the coach, like, I mean, I, I could go so many different ways. The best episodes, just to give like a, a context of it, are, I mean, it, it can go, there's obviously great places, older guests, younger guests. The best guests are the ones where we're actually having a conversation because we have so much in common. Um, one of my favorites actually was with, um, but most recently was with Anthony Maddell. He's 22 years old, or I'm sorry, 25 years old um, from Jersey, working for entertainment, kind of something production, same thing I want to do. And we had so much, we're literally talking. He's like, yo, you're, you're IABO certified, which is the referee certification. I am too. Oh, you're, you're doing this. I'm doing this. Oh, you, you went to this place. I, 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 like I go to that place all the time. We had so much in common. It was really, really cool. We had those same kind of passions and he started his own sports business club. I did, I started my own sports business club. So like, I was like, wow, this guy's like, like, and his LinkedIn's huge. It's, it's like immersive. And I was like, wow, this guy like really was killing at a young age. And like, that's kind of like, he's kind of following a path. I want to kind of follow Nick Lidge is another guest who he's kind of been my, probably my biggest mentor through the whole show because I met him through global stars basketball. Um, he was a, a right. We, we did a course. I met him through coach Isaiah Fox who had had on my show early on through LinkedIn. And he would always tell me like, Nick's a guy to connect with him. I meet Nick in the global stars basketball class. He, I mean, the, the knowledge and like, class was incredible i hope we do something during summer league but now that nick's a, an actual gm of a g league team it's going to be tough um, which was incredible he's, he was able to get that opportunity but that's kind of where i was like wow this guy's so cool like, you know i was in these meetings like he was kind of like a legend to me kind of even before i got into the class and then now i'm actually talking to him and he's cool and we're texting and we're talking about games and i'm like wow this guy's such a good person like he's such a cool he's texting me back he's we're talking and then he comes on the show 
dropped some serious knowledge. He inspired me to kind of follow the basketball camp game that I do this summer where I'm kind of working all these camps. He worked the Stanford camp. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed so much where I'll be able to work the Stanford camp and I'll be going out there. Um, and that's kind of, I mean, he kind of just laid the groundwork for me as, and he's been such a helpful resource and just really making me feel confident about the sports industry and really believing in me. That's the biggest thing is all my guests believe in me in some way. Maybe one or two guests came on to promote their book and that's great too. I mean, obviously thank you to them for coming on the show, but most of the guests don't, you know, maybe one or two came out promoting their book, but everyone's coming on because they actually like the content. They like what I'm doing. Um, and that's obviously been great. In terms of some other guests, there's a couple of guests that actually came on. We had a great comment. It's, oh, um, Otasia Kekpulor. It's funny. I, I normally don't mention him on shows. Um, cause he's, he plays, um, over in you know, Portugal, he plays in a bunch of different leagues. Um, I, I know we don't have a lot of players on my show. It's hard to get NBA players, obviously, cause they're in season. They're not really, they're not on LinkedIn and stuff like that. It's hard to kind of get through to those guys. Um, but with Otas, he actually reached out to me on Instagram because he had seen some of the, I guess I'd had some of his former coaches on the show. And I was like, okay, this guy's in a you know small league overseas. Like, what am I going to ask him about? He comes on the show. Well, I, before the show, I've done my, all my own research on him. I saw a, a YouTube video of his highlights. And the first video he had, like, this was 2018. He had like two threes on the season. The second video it was like 50. And I have him on the, I'm like, w w tell me about, I, just like, the simple question I started off with about how he went from, two years to 50 he was laughing like I mean, we just hit it off like it was like you know what like you can always find someone to talk to someone about right you can always find something like there's no guest that i've had on that's been so boring that's okay how you gotta you know pull it's like pulling teeth like that really doesn't happen there's always a way everyone has a story everyone has something unique um, otas is a funny one just because like i was like okay you know small you know he's, he's playing overseas like what do i really talk to because the player is always the toughest because with coaches it's like, okay the transitions and all that stuff that's it's, it's kind of easy to map out what i want to ask them and they, they do a lot more career advice which is great with players it's a little bit harder I mean, it's awesome talking to a player and just being like, wow, there's so much more here, right? There's so much more to this interview. Another one uh, who there was so many, there's so many that I, I, I think are going to be 20 minutes and they end up being like an hour and a half. Um, that's actually happened. That's mm -hmm. happened more times than not. I'm trying to think which ones I, I, I'm forgetting now because, because I, I, I have a good impression that because they went for an hour and a half that I forget that initially going into it, I thought it would only be 20 minutes. Um, but there's definitely a lot of guests like that to where I'm just blown away. I'm like, you know, wow, like that, that was when so much better than I thought it would. And there's no better feeling then walking away from a podcast that you weren't too excited for being like, that was awesome. Like, like that was like, like this guy's my boy. Like that's, that's the best feeling in the world being like, you know what? Like I had to have low expectations and then have them shattered. I've had very few guests, very few that went like below. Like, you know, I really expected them to like come in and everything. A lot of my guests are a couple are a little bit monotone, but almost everyone comes in with energy because they kind of feed off my energy. Cause I'm, I'm I start off the show. I mean, they come in the zoom. I'm coming up with the energy from the, from the jump. Uh, but that's really what it's all about is everyone has a story. You just got to find it. Like it's some, if, if, if it feels like pulling teeth, you're looking in the wrong place. If you're looking, you're looking mm -hmm. at too much into the basketball stuff, look into their personal life. You're looking too much into, you know, they're, they're, you know, the, the outside, like if Tommy Shepard, I don't, I don't really care too much. Like I, I wasn't going to ask him about his decisions as GM because like, that's just not really appropriate to ask. I was asking about, you know, the build up to that, what he does, you know, with the other stuff, like what with life is like, other stuff away from like, the, like the stuff that maybe he gets asked all the time. That's been the biggest key is I asked Nick Lages when he came on my show. My first question was everyone probably asks like, Oh, you work for the Lakers. How cool is that? I asked him like, how in the world were you a geography major in college? And now you're an NBA G like you're, you're a general manager in the G league. How does that happen? He's like, well, and then there's the story. Like, you know, and he was like, thanks for that. Like, no one asked me that. Um, a couple other guys that maybe they get their start. Um, they're, they're, they're from another country and they moved to the U S at a young age. No one thinks to ask them. You know, what was like transitioning? I asked them that question because I, I, I actually want to know. Um, that's the kind of questions that I kind of asked to kind of break open a conversation. And at the beginning, I'm like, you know what? Maybe they're kind of boring. And then you go into it and you're like, wow, man, there's, there's, everyone's got a story. Yo, Ben, we've got quite a, a ton of uh, wizard slander 
throughout our episodes. I don't know if we can have Tommy Shepard on. <laughs> we've uh, on just to let you let you know, John, we've literally said how they have to fire Scott Brooks, how the whole Russell Westbrook Bradley Beal pairing doesn't work. We've literally just anything that the Wizards yeah, have yeah, done. We've been we've been very <laughs> underwhelmed with the Wizards. Yeah. This year, so <laughs> if you could pass them a message to us, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Tommy Shepard would be too happy with what we were doing here on Losers Ball. <laughs> yeah, but actually, I'm. You were actually talking about uh, how you started a sports business club at your university. How has that helped you out with uh, you know, your whole professional development with Gens at Hoops and just like for, for you personally and you know, making connections on, on the side? Well, just just uh, one thing. You can tell the difference between John and Ben right now. John, the American, saying Gen Z. Ben saying Gen <laughs> Z. <laughs> wow. I sorry to cut you off. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> but definitely, I'll jump right into that. I mean, it's funny. The sports be, being virtual, Baruch's um, a school in the city. It's very, we, we had no in-person events this year. The whole school, I, mean, I was virtual the whole year for the last three semesters. I've been virtual. Um, so it really hasn't really kicked off the way I'd like, I, I would have wanted it to obviously out of our control this next upcoming semester. I'm really planning to go all out um, with multiple conferences and really doing a lot of in-person events. Cause that's really the only way to grow. Um, I had, you know, I'd have some of my podcasters come in and talk to the club. It was, it was fun. It was great. And I really thank them for doing that, but that really wasn't as engaging for our members. The big thing is going to be the in-person events. The cool thing I did with the club, obviously, was the MSG things. Um, that was huge. And obviously having MSG recruiters come and talk to the club, um, hopefully um, that ends up becoming great for us. So some, some members are able to take advantage of that opportunity and work for them in the fall. I might be doing that myself. Um, but really, it was, really just, it was so much to do, even with the virtual setting. That was great. The cool thing about the club was I actually transferred into Baruch two months before COVID happened. So I transferred in um, from Stevens Institute of Technology in Hoboken in January of 2020. I'm on campus for two months. The whole world shuts down. I've been on the campus 45 times, 30 times, how many, how many school days there were. I only go to, I actually, all my classes, I kind of bumped them all together. I'm taking 18 credits in two days because that's kind of what helps the coaching schedule go. I've probably been on Baruch's campus 16, 17, 18 times. Not very many times, um, which is crazy to think about because I've been going there for now. It's about to be two years. Uh, but really, like, I, I really want to build that up now because the club, just the, just being the, just like kind of having that, that's my, another one of the things that was my own thing. I kind of looked at it and said, why can't I do that? Like, why, like, there's no club here. Why can't I just start it? Like, what, what's stopping me from doing that? Because I'm a transfer because I've only been here for two months. Like, sure. Anyone else can take that as an excuse, but I'm not going to let that happen. Like if I would want to do this, I'm going to go to in to, to the uh, student athletics board. Obviously not all our members are athletes, but that's a good place to start to get emails. And I sent out an email. I went through copy and paper, read all the names. And I sent emails to every, all 250 plus athletes, 20, 30 responded, right? Great. Now I got my base from there. Well, those athletes have friends that are not athletes that are still interested in, interested in sports. That's kind of who we, we don't really want athletes or, or specifically athletes. We want people that want to be in the sports industry because Baruch's a very business centric school around like the financial side and the accounting side. I want to tap into the sports business side of it. Um, and there's, of course, there's other students like me that want to do, pursue that passion. So that was kind of my biggest thing is, is finding those people. Um, it took me about two, three months of, you know, Hey, do you have any friends? Do you have any friends? Do you have any friends? Eventually we got to 50, 60, 70 members to where now we actually are able to have some sizable meetings. Um, and I really can't wait for the fall to come because uh, once it comes, whether it's events, whether it's conferences, whether it's going to more games, I mean, next games obviously are great uh, through the club, I'm able to go to a bunch, but the club's been a pretty cool way to kind of bring it to my school, which really hasn't been as involved in my, you know, maybe professional career as much as it, as much as it could be if at another school or if, if we're in person. So you've done a lot, you know, you've, you've spoken a lot about the podcast. We've spoken a little bit, a little bit about the uh, sports business club, but also, you know, you've done so much. I don't even want to sell, you know, sell it short. I know you've had all these different internships. You've, you mentioned you had an internship with uh, KD, the boardroom, his uh, 
company. You've had something with a uh, Kawhi sports drink uh, company. And so just want to hear, you know, talk a little bit about that. You also mentioned about coaching. So, you know, let's expand the, the uh, you know, the, the portfolio of John. <laughs> let's, let's hear the, uh, what else you've got to offer. Cause talk a little bit about, you know, what, what it's like coaching or the other internships you have, whichever you prefer, you can do both. We just, you know, we're just so fascinated with everything you do. Uh, we can literally talk to you for like, you know, probably the whole week long. Uh, so just let us know a little bit about that also, um, you know, beyond just the the podcast, Gen Z Network and the uh, Sports Business business Club. If you guys want me for the whole week, I'm down, man. I'm, down, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm here. Yeah, Nick's out of the playoffs. We'll fly you, you in the, we'll right into Toronto, honestly. Come here. Dude, I mean, Toronto's a beautiful city. I mean, it was it was great when I was there for, uh, two years ago for the conference finals. Of course, the Bucks didn't do what I wanted them to do. I'm just, you, know, <laughs> you guys came out on top of that. Congratulations on that. A uh, great season. But yeah, I mean, Toronto's great. Maybe I'll take you guys up on that. We'll see. Uh, but in terms of what you asked about kind of everything else uh, with, with boredom actually wasn't an internship. It was a brand ambassador thing, but uh, that was incredible. Um, through, it, it's funny how that all comes together. All these things, cause I'll explain kind of what the boredom thing and, and X2 and all that stuff, they kind of all come through mutual connections where you do a good deed and it comes full circle. And all these, all these things have happened in the last year. But I mean, before, before quarantine, my LinkedIn said, and this is not even like, that's my resume, uh, assistant coach Xavier high school and that's it. Like, right. That's, that's all I was, I was, I mean, which is great. I, I had a lot of fun coaching and it was awesome. It was my, it, I, it was my passion, but I was doing school and basketball. A lot of people just do school. And I think that's a huge, I, I think school, of course, I'm, I wouldn't say school is very important, but to, for it to be the only thing, I think there's definitely a lot of 24 hours in a day. You could definitely do way more than just school. Um, because I think where people make the mistake is like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing school. I can't really, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a full-time student. I can't really do all these things. I mean, like there, there's a, there, if you really squeeze out every single day and take out Netflix out of the equation, you can squeeze in an internship here or there. You could squeeze in a pot. You could squeeze in all that stuff. And that's kind of what I had to do. I squeeze out every second of the day. I sold my Xbox. That they, the distractions are gone. There's no other way to do it. Um, but kind of going back to the start, the start of quarantine. My best friend Jesse K. Um, from Stevens. We both went to Stevens together before we tr- before we both transferred. He started making lemonade fund. Um, awesome initiative. Four hundred plus people from around the country were involved in it. Um, we raised a hundred thousand dollars in about a month and a half for quarantine for uh, COVID relief. Back at the start of everything, it was a Gen Z led project. All students, Penn State, Michigan, like all these different schools around the country. And I'm in these calls, with all these kids, number one, that's kind of where the sports business club came from. Cause all these kids, Oh, I'm in the Syracuse sports business club and that sports business club. And I was like, why can't I do that? Like, why can't I like, well, what's stopping me? And that's kind of where that came from. But then on top of that, I met the other co-founder for making lemonade, Alex Scheinman. He's 24 years old, graduate from Penn state. He started the Penn state sports business club, a huge resource for me in starting the Bearcat sports business club at Baruch. Um, he looked, he, he needed help cause he was doing this thing for Penn, Penn state always had a sports business conference. Awesome conference. I've never been able to go because they were virtual the last two years. I attended virtually, but of course, not the same. I, I would love, I can't wait for next year to go in person. It's going to be incredible. Um, but he needed a video editor to help him with the classroom. That was his, his new way to kind of bring the Penn state conference virtual. And he had Mark Cuban come on, Rachel Nichols. Um, oh my God. So many awesome guests, right? Cause he's 20, you know, he's, he's a little older. He started that club at Penn state, all these connections, he's killing it. Um, and he needed someone to video edit. I, you know, I, I, I did it for him. I, I said, okay, Alex, you need it. I'm, you know, we didn't make lemonade together. I'll help you with video editing. From then on, he had a, he knew someone at X2. Um, he also is the collegiate brand ambassador for the for boardroom. That's how kind of how some of the connections with the classroom happened with Rich Kleiman coming on and stuff. Um, and he knew what I was about. I, I did it. I, 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 I helped him out back in May and June, expecting nothing in return just because he was a friend, right? And say, okay, you, you need help with editing. I'm your guy. I can, so I, can, I can help you with that. You're my friend. I'm going to help you out. Not expecting anything in return. What ends up happening is 
he, you know, returns the favor with, oh, I, I know a guy at X2. I think he'd be perfect. And now what I do at X2 is, I mean, it wasn't just a favor because I did it. It was actually because he knew I could do the work because he saw me video editing for him. He saw I did a great job. He said, X2 needs a video editor. John's or just an intern in general, but primarily video editing. John's the guy. Boardroom, we need someone that could, you know, network. He does a podcast. John's my guy. Um, and that's kind of something where let's say in May, I go, you know what, let me blow him off. Let me blow this guy, Alex off and just say, you know what, I don't have time for that because I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to do someone else's work. I'm not going to do something for someone for free or because of whatever. I would not have the X2 internship right now. I would not, that stuff wouldn't have happened. So it's all about, and that's something my guests too. There's some guests that reach out to me and I'm like, uh, like, like, for example, there's some of those players that I, I might've I might mentioned. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to have them on the show. Like, do they really fit the description? And then I just talk to them five minutes and I go, thank God. I just like, you know, I, I was open to it. Like, and that's my biggest thing is I'm always gonna be open to everyone reaching out to me. I, I'm super open people reaching out to me and, and I'll, I'll talk to anybody, but there's always that split second where you're like, oh, you know, do I, most people go the wrong way and, and say no and shut themselves off in that opportunity. I've always been, you know, saying yes to everything. It's, it's thankfully I haven't said no yet. And, and like, I, I've been close to saying no. And I say, yes. And I'm always thankful. I say, yes, always say yes. Just take every opportunity head on. And I mean, it worked out where X2 happened with the board with, uh, with, with being an intern for them for the last nine months. That was incredible with Kawhi. It was a super small startup. Five It was me, the CEO who's coming on the show soon, the director of finance, the director of marketing. I was the one intern and that was it. Like we had four or five people on the call. Kawhi's cousin was also on the call. It's pretty cool too. Um, she's our, she does our social media and stuff, but like all that stuff, like that was really cool to me. It was like, oh wow, it's so awesome that like I'm, I'm part of this. And I'm actually, you know, like the video I'm making is being seen by people. It's on the website. Like the stuff I'm making is actually like being used on a, on a can. It's actually like, there's, it's actually like, that's, this is how like you see cans in the stores and you're like, oh, like that's just there because like, it's just, you know, fell out of the sky. Like, no, there's actually a team going by and putting it to all that stuff you see. It's kind of crazy when you actually see it and, and you're actually part of the process. And in the calls where we're like, you know what, on the can, do we say this or do we say that? What are our call outs? Um, what, what are the things we need our consumers to know? Um, like what are our competitors doing? Right. And that's kind of what I was doing like competitive analysis for them. Um, but whether it's X2 boardroom, all those things, they all are brand new. And it's all because I said, you know what, I'm going to be open. If you close yourself off, you can't be mad that people aren't offering you things because you're closing yourself off. I opened myself up and I helped out Alex and Alex said, you know what, let me, let me return the favor. Other people have done the same thing to me too. And a lot of the things on my LinkedIn are from, you hear me and I go, Oh, I know a guy. I know I knew a guy. Everyone's like, Oh, it's just cause he knows people. I had to work there's a process to know those people. I didn't just, you know, I wasn't best buddies with Alex when we were five years old. And I just, you know, he just came out of the sky, like, or, or, you know, with family friends or my dad or this or that it was okay. We became mutual friends over a similar passion. I had a way to help him. And then like that, like, that's just how it should be. Right. That's it's gotta be very friendly like that. It's gotta be very warm. It's gotta be natural, especially. Um, and that's kind of where all those things came from. X2 boardroom. I, I'm trying to think of forgetting something, man. Um, Let's think. Uh, boardroom, making lemonades was huge. Um, it's really just that's kind of what it's all been about. Just opening myself to everything, and good things happen. Yeah. Um, actually, no. Just like all your all your experience in basketball and with you know startups, with brand ambassadors, uh, with coaching. I've and you know I'm sure you've probably met tons of players. Do you have actually any stories about uh, meeting any any players, or have you actually played against any players in high school? Any current uh, NBA players? couple funny stories with that one, actually. Um, so in terms of actually NBA players, I went to James Harden's camp when I was 15, guarded him one-on-one. That's like, it's actually the reason I'm bringing it to talk about that is it was not mentioned in the article because that's now I work for, I did this stuff for boardroom. So Martin, Matt Fortuna, Xavier class of 2010, good friend of mine came on the show. Um, he featured me in the article from the athletic and he put the picture of James Harden there of me guarding him, which is actually pretty cool. It was actually fun, a really fun seeing that there. Um, but, 
Harden one-on-one, that was obviously a lot of fun. Giannis, I've met Giannis a bunch of times just through all the, all the, all the Greek stuff. That's another thing I forgot to mention, the Super League stuff I do on there. Director of media, I, I built their website. I do all that stuff for them. But And that's the kind of thing, right? I, I, I help out, right? I, I, went, I went on that as a player. Now I coach and, you know, sometimes the favorites return to me where I get to meet Giannis or I get to play with Giannis or all that stuff, or I get to meet his brother, Alex, and we get to talk um, and all that cool stuff. So that's kind of what it's all about. But I'm trying to think other than that players, Cole Anthony in high school, there's another funny story about that um, playing against him or, or kind of those guys that are at, at that level. Um, we played against uh, Kevin Knox's brother at Tampa Catholic. Their team was amazing. That was one of the best light lines I've ever seen from Tampa Catholic. We, they were all throwing like windmill dunks off the glass and stuff. It was great. Uh, Chris Ledlam, he was one of my guests. He's now playing at Harvard. Um, he, it was funny. That was my first ever high school game in my life. It was a scrimmage. It was the day I made the team. It was a Monday. And we go over to Staten Island to play this double-A team in St. Peter's with this guy, Chris Ledlam, who everyone's talking about because he's averaging 35 a game and he's going to Harvard next year. And literally first play, I, I, I come in in the third quarter, we're playing six quarters. I'm a new guy on the team. I get to play the third quarter and the sixth quarter. I come in right for like one of the first few possessions. He gets a steal, throws it off the glass, windmill. I'm like, oh my God, like what, what, like welcome to high school basketball, right? Um, a couple of things like that, right? That are, that are definitely a lot of fun. Um, I, obviously, the, I think the biggest thing is at the time it was like a shock to me, let's say like playing with hard and a meeting Giannis, like that stuff was like, oh my God. The, the, the biggest thing with that is like, I mean, I, I was kind of always good at like not like because they, they don't like that when you make it a big deal. And I was always really good at like, okay, Harden's one of my favorite guys, you know, JH and JH. Like I've always liked that about him. But let me like let me let me play like with like, Giannis, right? Everyone's kind of screaming at him. Like we go to Barclays Center and there's a thousand people, like literally my 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 coach from Super League will sell a thousand tickets. Barclays Center loves him. He sells tickets like they're oh my god, like the hop. He just passes sells tickets like they like, like it's nothing because everyone wants to see Giannis. And he comes out, and everyone's screaming his name just talk to him. He's a human being, like play cool. Like obviously like he's, he's my idol. I have his Jersey and I have everything. I want to look up to the guy, but at some point you got to kind of play a little bit cool. Um, whether, I mean, whether it's, and obviously it's a great story meeting these guys or his brother, Thanasi, he was at one of the games I dunked at and he, he kind of uh, gave me a little fist bump and stuff. Like he was really cool. And there's always those, those cool stories that mean a lot to me, but in the mm-hmm. moment, it's like, it's like you have, like, it, it's very important to just, these guys are people too. And when, when you treat them like that, I feel like they really like, cause when you, when you like, you'd think that treating them like, 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 like they're a God or like you're a fan make them feel better. It actually kind of turns them off a little bit. Just play cool, man. These guys are people. They're, 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 they're like, they're having fun. Like that's what it's, it's what it's all about. Right. Actually. Um, when you meet the antenna Kumpos, do you talk to them in English or in Greek? I'm very curious to, to hear that. All, always Greek. Like, because they'll come out because they kind of know. Like, when I've met, like, when I switched to the last year, the whole thing with the store with the dunk, we're in, we're in Panathinaikos because he was playing there before. This was 2018, my senior year, the year before he came to the Bucks. Um, we're, we're, they're in Greek mode. I mean, when they when they come out and they see, like, the you know, we all got Greek flags. I've really yeah. never met them in a setting where, like, it was English. It's always been all Greek. I mean, maybe they'll, they'll throw out some English phrases here or there, but for the most part, it's, it's Greek. So you were uh, the one who dunked in game? Well, yeah, it's a funny story, actually. It was my first in-game dunk of my entire life, right? I didn't play a lot. I'm not playing a lot to the point. I got really good, really fast. Never got a chance for a dunk. It was our last game, last game of my last regular, you know, regulation game of my entire life. And we're playing in the uh, second to last game. We're playing in the Panathinaikos gym. One of my teammates, there were a couple of kids in the team that could dunk, right? I was maybe the long, I was probably the better, like off one foot in-game, you know, dunker like that. But these guys were like, my, one of my friends, Josh, uh, Josh Thanasi walks into the building, end of the first quarter. It's, we're down two, four points. And my friend Josh gets a steal, goes to do a full back scratcher. Like it was, it, that would have been a sick dunk and misses it. And I'm on the bench going, we, we ended up getting up and taking a picture with Anasi, the whole, you know, it's on my Instagram, the whole team, but there was a girl, we had a girl's team with us that year. So a huge picture with him the whole time I'm in that picture. And I love seeing that picture. Cause the whole time I'm thinking to myself, man, like he gets that back scratch and dunk. I can't get like, I can't get one fast break. Cause this was happening like a bunch of times. 
And then the next, the first possession of the second quarter, I end up getting into the game. Um, I it's it's funny the ball when they when they passed it, I, I kind of jumped the passing lane. The the ball like hit my finger and hit the guy in the face. And then I kept the ball, went the length of the court, dunked it, came back, and Thanasi kind of like pointed at me. And then we scored it. We, that kind of like started the momentum where we ended up winning the. That was the championship of that tournament, the Panathinaikos like Easter Cup. Um, great, I mean, that was obviously a great moment for me, but just in general, like thinking about like obviously what goes into like like there's so much raw emotion going into that. Like there's like and that's kind of what the passion of the game is all about. Is like that meant so much to me. Or, like just obviously having him there. Um, stuff means stuff means everything. And like that's kind of the moments like that are what make me love the like it's not even it's the process that makes me love the game but the rewards obviously really cool too what's your uh your game like you mentioned to us before the the podcast before we started recording that you uh failed to make the team for a few years in a row before you finally made it made it that's why you uh you got some your own jersey on the wall you know proud of that you should be uh but in general what do you say your game is like what position you play are you just a you know a shooter lockdown defender uh you know just this nitty-gritty guy what, what who would you say you modeled your game around which player um, yeah, what's your what's your player comp? When you said shooter, I, I immediately laughed because that's just the farthest thing from the truth. It's never never been my forte. I can make free throw. I can make free throw when it counts. I've never missed a clutch free throw in my life. It's funny because the other team will intentionally foul me, and I don't know why. I just don't miss. I just don't miss free throws when, when, when it's game time. Other than that, I might be missing a few. Um, free throw line is a different thing because it's like repetition. But mid range threes gets a little dicey. My game is funny. When I was 12, 13, before Giannis really took center stage, 13, 14, 15, it was all about Hakeem. I just loved, because I was always that long guy. I was always the big man on my on my like younger teams. And I was like, you know what? Like, that's kind of like, everyone talks about his post moves. I want to learn his stuff. So I, it's funny. I, I have a, a great game for like the 1980s. I'd, I'd be perfect for that. Because um, with, the, with the spins and everything, my, like, I, I know how to, I know how to seal. I know how to do all that stuff. Um, when I go to the park, everyone loves to play with me because I'm like, I actually like know how to play the big man spot, like r- routinely. As I got older, Giannis started becoming bigger. And I just, like, I, I'm a 6'4 Giannis. It's really what it is. Like, I just really, everything I do, if I'm going to transition, I'm going to Eurostep. I'm going to try to extend, and, like, I'm, I'm going to try to extend all, like, all the way. I, like, it's like Mr. Fantastic. Like, I'm going to do like, kind of those Giannis things of using your body, getting wide on a spin move. Like, that's the kind of thing everyone kind of makes, trying to make a tight spin move. Giannis is just wide. He gets super wide. He covers a lot of ground. You can't really cover it. That's kind of been my thing. If I was a lot taller, Obviously, that's work hard to make the coordination work right. If I was a lot taller, I'd be, you know, it actually, it would fit. My game would work. People play with me like, dude, you need to be a seven-footer. Like, if you were a seven-footer, be game. Like, you need to be a seven-footer. Because uh, I play like a seven-footer, but I'm not seven feet tall, unfortunately. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely what I would compare. It's definitely Hakeem at first. And then as I got older, I'm like, you know what? It feels good to get a rebound and go coast to coast. Like it feels pretty good. And like to, you know, give them a little, that little, like, full arm. Like, what he did with the net, the full arm, uh, Eurostep faking in the dunk. Like, that. That ended up being like, you know, what I really like to do, but definitely, yeah. When you said shooter, not that at all. Definitely a, a Giannis Hakeem kind of cross where it's all in the paint, the touch, the floater. That's kind of it. Giannis is trying to, uh, he's working on his shot. He's been a lot more comfortable shooting it. He's been, I know he worked with Kyle Corver last year. And he's on his team. So, you know, he's, he's adding his shots to the game. You got to add your shots to your repertoire as well. Right, um, before we get into our rapid fire questions, you said you had a Cole Anthony, uh, story we're kind of very we're very curious to hear about this one actually this is definitely gonna be a sound by you guys i mean this is the highlight for instagram whatever it is. <laughs> I, I i took i basically took his girlfriend to prom it's a great it was a, it was a fun so it was a fun story um only because the whole thing is like okay in a few years when he wins the mvp and he's hosting that trophy because he's playing really well uh, obviously i don't think he's an mvp candidate anytime soon but like he, he, he i hope he has a long successful career just because of that that, that kind of troll story of of taking his girlfriend to prom it's a it's a long it's a, it's a fun, that's, that's how, a good story how, how did that happen like how oh, were they dating got, at the time? No, it was a little bit. It was a little bit afterwards. I'd not, I'd not steal Corinthians' girl. That would be that would be really good. Um, <laughs> no, but just steal your girl. That, 
so see, it's funny. So see, I, I, I wasn't, I, I was, I, I don't kind of like talk about this stuff because it doesn't really fit the basketball, but you asked a great question because it kind of does come back into the basketball sense. It's about having confidence, right? I slid into, I slid, slide, you got to slide into the DMs on Instagram. The same way I slide into the DMs on LinkedIn, you got to slide into the DMs on Instagram. Uh, some people, right. It's LinkedIn. Other people, it's Instagram. Um, I'd made the team. I just made the team. I had a, I had a bunch of confidence, you know, like, like insane confidence. This is a story. Like, this is why I love, thank you for asking that question because at first I was all funny jokes, calling things girlfriend, prom, all that good stuff. But um, obviously it comes into real life as well or basketball as well, because I made the team. I had a bunch of confidence and I was like, you know what? Like, why, why can't it be? Like, you know, she, she's like, you know, the, the, this, the, the, this girl that everyone's talking about um, and, 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 you know, like our sister's school, everyone's talking, everyone knows her. She's like you know, famous for that reason. I'm going to reach out to her. It worked. We had a date. The one time we were going to have a date, it's funny. I had basketball practice that day. Anyone else in my school would have missed basketball practice to go to that date. I was not missing basketball practice for anything, even for the, you know, quote unquote, oh. hottest girl in the world. Um, so I went to basketball practice that day and I'm missing my shot that time. This was must have been November, December. Then, you know, kind of I'm like, OK, you know, it wasn't really going to happen. Two, three months roll around. Um, prom's coming. Don't have a date. Do it one more time. Boom. Just got to sometimes you got to. That's why you have to have the confidence to ask. Or to, or, to, or to reach out or to, because every, everyone else, right. Maybe could have done the same thing, but they were scared. They, they were like, Oh, I have no shot. I was like, you know what? Why not? Why can't it be me? Why not? Like that. It, what, not that Westbrook's my favorite. One of my favorite players. Mentality is definitely my, you know, I, I love his mentality. Why not is like the coolest thing ever. Cause like literally why not? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Honestly, you can't, um, can't be afraid to shoot your shot. Absolutely. Uh, right before we do, you know, Ben mentioned the rapid fire questions. We'll, we'll get to that, but also you're talking about all the different brothers you know Giannis obviously then there's Kostas Thanasis and then also uh, Alex and I've heard that Alex is a fantastic prospect I haven't really seen much of his game uh, are you able to talk about that do you people say he might be just as good as Giannis have you, have you seen that do you think that's possible um, just quickly before we get into that because you are Greek you have that you know you've played in Greece you played with them or maybe not with them but you've definitely played in games they've seen you play you've seen them play so what's it like with the Antetokounmpo brothers is Alex going to be the next best brother or is he honest? Uh, does he have that title? Ooh, I mean, I, so the thing is definitely, definitely obviously that's the title. I think everyone says that because he's the youngest and he's, he's very skilled. He's a little more skilled because he's obviously had the train, the train that maybe honest guy when he got to the NBA, he's had his, almost his entire young adult life. Um, so, I mean, skill wise, he's a, he's a great player. Physically, obviously, the, the length. I mean, Giannis just has those kind of gifts that like none of the other brothers have. Um, they, they're, they're close. They almost, they're almost there, but not quite what Giannis has. Um, so it's going to be tough. I mean, from what, from what I'm hearing, from what I'm, I mean, he's definitely an NBA prospect from what it sounds like. Um, obviously, the other bro- it'd be great to have all four brothers in the NBA like that. And I mean, for it sounds like it's going to come for Alex sooner rather than later. Um, but really, it's it's tough to, I mean, with someone like Giannis, who's such a great player, it's tough to kind of predict that in the future. I feel like people say that just because it's like the fun thing to say is like, oh, it gets better. Like, guys, Giannis is just the first shot. Like, it gets better than him. I, I don't, I, I feel like that's a little bit too much too soon. Hopefully for Alex, that, that does happen. Uh, Cause obviously it's just a huge thing to do. I mean, he, he definitely could be the second best brother for sure. Um, and, and maybe carry on that legacy. You know what, you know, cause he's definitely a few years younger than Giannis. Um, once it's all said and done, he can continue that. All right. Well, so, I guess we'll have to wait a few years to see, um, you know, what happens with that. But whenever we have a guest on, we always wrap up the show with rapid fire questions. We're going to ask you questions. You can give us, you know, quick answers, one word answers, um, there might be some controversial ones on here. <laughs> Honestly, if you, if you don't, if you don't feel like answering it, you know, all the power to you, we won't, we won't, uh, you know, we're not going to, we won't take it personally. So are you ready to, to answer some questions? Oh my God. I'm ready for it. Throw it at me. 
All right. Number one, who's winning the title this year? Oh, Bucks. Let's just say Bucks. <laughs> All right. Non uh, biasedly, the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> okay. Who is the best Knicks player of all time? Clyde Frazier. I feel like it had just the championships. Patrick Ewing, statistically, I mean, he's the leader in all, but so many categories. But without Clyde Frazier, there's so much I mean, like that. The Knicks, and I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the documentary when the Garden was eaten on, on. It's a great 30 for 30. The Knicks before the 70s were really not even talked about at all. That Knicks team is so much better than those two championships really you know, go for because they were obviously very competitive in the years that followed. Um, and obviously just their, their team kind of just changed basketball in a lot of ways the way they played. It was much more very stationary like and, and stiff. That team obviously filled with so many smart players that like, went on to become you know, uh, senators and all that stuff. Like They really changed a lot of the game, and Clyde Frazier was a big part of that. I would have to say him just because without Clyde Frazier, I don't think there's a Patrick Ewan. Who's the GOAT? So right now LeBron's not looking too good because of what just happened, but I, I, I've, I've always felt that I got to look at it in a very realistic way. I've said this before. When, when you look at a Jordan mixtape, you walk away going, who could be better than that guy, right? And when you look at LeBron on paper, you go, who could be better than that guy? Like the numbers speak for themselves. Like when, when it comes to that, LeBron just better. And, and when he, can you, I can even ask you this. Look at the boxes, shooting, who's better? You know, all this stuff, who's better? It's LeBron down the list. It just is. He's bigger, he's bigger, stronger. All he's a sh- better shooter. Like I mean, even that alone. Like right when you when you think and think of the way things only go, bigger players only can't shoot that well. LeBron, like LeBron does all that stuff super well. He's doing it for lo- way longer than Jordan. And I know, right? Jordan played baseball. Jordan did this. Well, we could all say speculate that he would have done this if he didn't, or if he didn't do this. But we got to go off what happened, right? The same way I would never go and say if Kevin Love didn't get hurt, or if I'm not that that's that's that that game is pointless. It's what, what what actually happened. What actually happened was LeBron did win the 2016 finals. He actually, he lost the 2015 final. Like that stuff happened. What if he didn't break his hand in 2018, you know, when he scored 51 points, like what would have happened then? He lost. That's what happened. Like that's that we can only go off of what actually happened. Um, that being the case, I feel like everyone gets way too, like they'll take one stat and run with it and say, this stat's the defining stat. Oh, Jordan lost the playoffs uh, in the first round three times. LeBron just, you know, or, or stuff happens. People just automatically write people off. Mentality wise, in terms of the GOAT debate, I do think a lot of it goes toward Jordan just because of like just watching LeBron give up on plays and stuff. It's just not something I mean, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, we, they can they unearth finally because I've never seen the footage of it of Jordan giving up on a play. I've never seen that before. I don't think that exists. Um, LeBron, obviously, just now is there's so many clips of him going around of him during the Sun series of him giving up on plays, which is unfortunate to see. Um, but that that stuff does. I, I know that does gives things to Jordan of like, oh, the great, you know, what? How do you define greatest or best in terms of who? Like, if you if you're starting a season and you're starting from scratch, you want LeBron James to team. There's just no question about it. Just the impact he has on basketball, on winning basketball games when he's fully healthy. No, no one comes close. Um, there, I mean, the, the, some stats are misleading. There's con- context is king. For example, everyone talks about how Jordan when he left the Bulls, they only lost two fewer games, and LeBron left the Cavs, they lost forty games. What they don't tell you is that when the, the Bulls lost Jordan, they also got Steve Kerr and. Uh, all these guys, right? Not, not just Steve Kerr. It's saying just Steve Kerr makes it sound like it's not that big of a deal. But they, Steve Kerr, um, I'm forgetting the guy. Oh my God, I can't remember forgetting the guy that came over from from. He was in the Jordan doc, and they and they and they locked him up, and he was all upset. Tony Kukoc. I don't know why I forgot his name. Um, all right, so someone like that, right? All those guys came over. That that that's why they won 72 games in that stuck because. Oh, you know, this mythical aura. And I, I love Jordan, don't get me wrong. The last dance was great, but this mythical aura of, oh, you know, he just came back better than ever. Like, no, it's because the team was just better. They had Rodman, and the year before that, they didn't have Rodman. Um, Rodman, the reason why everyone always talks about how the Bulls would have won back to back and the Rockets chips don't mean anything. I could talk about Hakeem Olajuwon all day and how, if a, like, there's no way the Bulls are beating the Rockets in either one of those two years. 
the easiest way I could describe explain it to, and of course, basketball's a game of matchups, but either way, the simple fact is the Bulls lost in six to the Orlando Magic that, the, that those Houston Rockets swept in the next series. Now, it's not just the fact that, okay, this team beat that team, so this team is better. That's not what, that's not what I'm saying. The reason the Bulls lost to the, the, the Magic, and it's even said in the Jordan documentary, is because the, Bull, the, the Magic had not even Shaq, a dominant big man, but we'll just say Shaq. They had Shaq, and the Bulls didn't. Um, the same way the Rockets had Akeem and the Bulls didn't. If the Bulls had Dennis Rodman, it's 1996, for sure they're beating the Rockets. I'm not arguing that. I'm saying 94-95, the Rockets, are winning, the Rockets are beating the Bulls in both series. Jordan's been quoted before saying we had no answer for that big monster. People just grab towards the what-ifs of what if Jordan played? He would have won eight in a row or LeBron's this or, or – you could say the same thing about anything. The what if game is pointless. I'm looking at the facts. The facts say LeBron has the better career, long career. He's doing, he, he's done also, I mean, when you talk about off the court, right. For sending kids to college, all this stuff, I would say LeBron, if you're starting a season, the best player of all time, if you're talking about the aura and the, okay, who's the sexier basketball player when you're watching a mixtape, like who just looks better, right. Jordan go to the air with the little baby rock, he, right. The tongue out, like LeBron's mixtapes don't make you feel like you don't walk away from that going like, wow. Right. You don't have the cool music on the back and go, wow. And that's maybe why people maybe grab towards Jordan so much is he just looks, he just is so much smoother. He just looks better when it comes to though, if you're like actual basketball, LeBron's better. All right. I'm a fan of that answer. Uh, which player past or present would you change the NBA logo to, or would you keep it the same? Kobe Bryant. Easy. Oh man. That I have, I actually have it on my wall now. Is it's one uh, posterizers or Tyson Beck? He kind of, I'll kind of turn my camera so you guys can see it. This one right here of all the logos, right? Kobe's the best one by oh, far. Oh yeah. Um, there's obviously, I mean, look, could you say should it be the should it be Jordan because he's the go or should it be LeBron? I mean, with obviously what happened to, I mean, the Kobe one is just, I, I think it would have been a really good move by them. It would have been nice. I know, but they didn't, I mean, obviously there's so many more things with branding and stuff, but just given the circumstances and given just the impact, he, I mean, just the feeling of loss with the whole NBA. Yeah, I mean, if there was a time to change, it would have been just now. It would have been Kobe. Now, the fact that they didn't change it for Kobe, it's got to stay Jerry West for it, it's permanently Jerry West. Because the other thing, one of the biggest reasons people said they shouldn't change it because, I mean, Kobe, everyone knows Kobe, everyone loves Kobe. Jerry West is a player that if he's not the logo, he's going to be forgotten, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was one of those first, obviously, big time players in the league. So he, he deserves to be the logo for sure. If it were to change, though, it should have been Kobe. It wasn't. So I, I would say definitely leave it. Frank Nikina or Kevin Knox? Frank. Oh man, Frank. I mean, the thing with Kevin Knox, people ask me like, why isn't he playing more? Like he's actually pretty good. I, I really, to be honest, we haven't seen too much. Frank just got, has a soft spot in my heart. I don't know what it is. It's like, cause I feel like everyone just was so hard on him at the beginning in ways that they weren't hard on Kevin Knox because obviously Frank's you know, from overseas and all this stuff. And he's just a defensive player and people you know don't like that. I think Frank does actually serve a purpose and he could maybe have a better chance of developing. And, and maybe I sound wrong. Maybe Kevin Knox coming next year and has a breakout season because he has more of those tools offensively, way more than Ke- uh, Fr- Frank has. But I would have to say Frank just I, – I, I, I'm, I'm also rooting for Frank a little bit more because I know he's just been through a lot more and maybe just, I don't know, just watching him. I mean, he's just really passionate out there. He's, I'm really hoping he can, do, he can play well and stay in the league for a little bit longer. Should James Dolan sell the Knicks? Yes, 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 yes. Next question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you might have just been banned from MSG actually right now. Honestly – yeah honestly maybe maybe we cut that. i'm kidding we don't have to cut that out but it's funny i've had on so many guests from the lakers and the Cavs. i've had no knicks guests on because james Dolan doesn't want people talking to them it's in their contracts they all know not to talk to the media so i've made connections with the knicks or have friends and they're like john i love what you're doing i love what you're doing love your show would love to come on i can't i can't and it's unfortunate that that's kind of like there's a really great podcast series called and i have no problem shouting out other shows like shattered heart um it's called shattered heartbreak um a heartbreak in the New York Knicks, all that stuff. That is a great, it really details what's been wrong in the last 20 years with the Knicks. One of the things being James Dolan, just being 
very immature in how he and how, how he lets people speak their mind and talk about things and listen, you know kind of injects himself into the, what the media is able to project. Um, it makes it very difficult to run a successful organization. And they got lucky this year. Right? Julius Randle played like an all star. A lot of picks hit. A lot of guys came in and played really well. Thibs did a great job. But honestly, it, it really without without James Dolan there, we, we probably have KD and Kyrie. Like all these stuff probably happens um, that you really just. Everyone wants to sell the team. And Charles, oh, oh my God, I, I could talk about this for, for you guys. When you say quick fire questions, that doesn't exist when you bring up James Dolan. Um, yeah. Charles, Oak, man, that, that was just a travesty. There's so many things you can kind of point to. It's like, you can't really just, there's no, why, why, why shouldn't he sell the team? Like there's so many reasons why he should. Uh, it's tough. Worst Knicks trade of all time. Oh man. I honestly don't even know where to go with this one. I, I'm trying to think the heavy about hitters. the point. The, well, yeah, I mean, the Porzingis one, obviously, with the way he's playing in Dallas, worked out. Worked out. I mean, I, I he was my childhood, like you know, 14, 15, 16, being a New York guy. I really liked him a lot. Um, still, I mean, I'm having his jersey up until further notice. If I can, I, I need to have a Knicks jersey up, but him uh, hurts me. Um, man, boys, Knicks trade. I, I mean, I can think of a lot of bad Knicks, but I mean, the one when I think of like, it's funny when you said that, the first thing I thought of for whatever reason was uh, Kurt Rambis in the porn tweet and just him liking the porn. I don't want to just pop it to my head in terms of like just biggest, like <laughs> Knicks, Knicks mess ups, worst Knicks trades might be the Patrick Ewing one. I think that was, everyone talks about that one a lot and how like they kind of gave him up. Um, there must've been other ones around that time. I mean, a lot of the ones I say Thomas made, Oh wait, there's the, uh, there's one for like a big man that he messed up. There's a, there's a, I mean, there's so many that just really could have been handled a little bit better. And, there's a lot that maybe James will inject himself into like the mellow trade. They could have given up mellow. They could have gotten mellow for a lot less. And he just was just adding to it because he wanted mellow. So because mellow was like a shiny new toy and he wanted mellow. Um, so many things, maybe they're not bad trade because we got good things out of them, but could just could have been handled a lot better. I know my favorite next trade was when they gave up a first round and like the two second rounds for Andrea Bernani. So the exact same yeah. one. <laughs> the Andrea Bargnani has been deleted from my mind. So I don't need, I didn't think of that one. I didn't think I, the, my, the last image of Bargnani in my head is him trying to dunk on two people failing miserably and ending his season. That that's the last thing I, I really see him falling in my, like, I'm, I'm close my eyes. I see it. Um, man. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy brought that up because that's the right answer, but I'm also very <laughs> Upset you brought that up because now I'm now I'm sad. Now I, as a Raptors really, fan, I've been happier. Yeah. <laughs> that that, that uh, basically started like this uh, this new Raptors era at that trade. Oh man! <laughs> Sorry to bring that up. Uh, next question: If you could tattoo you could... anything on Chris, uh, uh, nah, you could tattoo on Chris Anderson, which what would you tattoo? It's funny. Out of all, I told you guys about the jersey collection I have before this. I actually have a Birdman Nuggets jersey because one of my really good friends. We just called him Birdman one day. Which is one of his nicknames. So actually, I have a Birdman Chris Anderson jersey. Great. Like, no, who else has that in the world? I don't know. I got it for ten dollars on Mercari. Great purchase on my part. I, I think. Um, but what would I tattoo on him? I mean, what doesn't he have already tattooed on him? I don't know. <laughs> um, I would tattoo the Gen Z Hoops logo. There we go. Easy answer. Free, free advertising. Some, some free, some free brand, some uh, free brand deals in there. All right, we got some basketball questions now for pickup: twos and ones or threes and twos. Twos and, uh, twos, and, uh, twos and ones because that's just how pickup is. I mean, I, I've always thought that why can't it be threes and twos? Because that, I, mean, I, I think it's just because there's no free throws. Like that's kind of probably what makes it like you have to go by twos and ones because there's no free throws. So how would you do like odd numbers if, you know, with threes and everything? Twos and ones, definitely. Okay. Uh, chain mesh or rope mesh? What, what can you guys describe? Can I go? What's that? What chain mesh? Like when you go to a, like a chain mesh, like the net is made oh, out of the like net. chains, the oh. metal. Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, when you go to a park with a with with, I mean, you just feel like it's like it's like normal. The chain mesh, it's like I, I mean, the thing I'm always scared of because one of my friends actually broke his finger dunking on a on a chain mesh one. So it's always kind of like I'm always like a little bit like I just see, I just think of him. And I'm like, oh man, um, yeah, I definitely I would go uh, with the with the normal. Like, once you hear, I mean, nothing. It's nice to hear the 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 the, the, the like the bell. It sounds like a bell, you know, like yeah, chain. Yeah. But at the same time, like there's a nice swoosh, does it for me. Shirts or skins. So see, I, I, my senior year, I was looking pretty good. I was pretty cut up. I, right now I'm going, right now I'm going shirts. Back then I would go skins all the time, but uh, the podcast, <laughs> no excuse, took a little bit out of the gym schedule, but. <laughs> uh, final, final question. Winner's ball or loser's ball? So see, I feel, I feel tough. Like I, I and when you, I, I love, I love you guys' show. The name's really cool, <laughs> but I have to go with winner's ball because one of my coaches told me when I was younger if losers don't get anything in life, why in the world would you give them the ball? That was one of my coaches said that once. Why would you give a loser the ball if they, if they lost? But definitely love the, the name of this show. Uh, I personally go <laughs> winner's we ball. Might because have to I, <laughs> we might actually have to do the rebrand now sooner than later. Oh, man. But, <laughs> great, great answers. Great all around uh, just general conversation. Really just thank you for coming on the, on the episode. We Again, like I said, we could have had this episode go for seven, uh, seven days straight. You have so much more to talk about. We'd love to have you back. But just again, John, thank you so much for coming on to the episode. Um, where can people, if they want to reach out to you, if they want to find your content, they want to listen to the podcast, where can they find you? I mean, I, I try to make myself easy to find, available anywhere. People can reach out to me wherever. Um, you can find me at, at, on Instagram at j.heart21. That's j.heart21. Um, the Instagram, I mean, for Gen Z, that's probably the best way to reach out to me because it's just it's everywhere. Um, Instagram, at everything, at Gen Z Hoops, uh, G-E-N-Z-H-O-O-P-S. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn's. I mean, if you want the best way, connect with me on LinkedIn at John Harder Phyllis on LinkedIn. I will. Oh man, I'm on LinkedIn all day. I'll, I'll respond to you immediately. Don't no, no question about it. Um, but LinkedIn's the best place to find me at. Other than that, Instagram and and uh, Twitter for the podcast we use it, uh, briefly. But uh, we're trying to get it on TikTok, Snapchat. Well, we're gonna work to kind of expand it and make good content. Because I'm not gonna expand if we can't make good content there. That's kind of the biggest thing making good content there. Um, but definitely, Instagram is a great place. LinkedIn's the best place. And from there, we'd love to talk to anybody. Um, definitely always going to be super open to it. And my, my, my biggest advice, right? Be open, say yes to everything. That's kind of how you got to be. And if, if you're closing yourself off, you're limiting yourself with so many opportunities. And, and thank you guys awesome. so much for having me on. I mean, this was, this was yeah. great. And if, if the advice helps one person, I did my job. Yeah, we're going to have all your links in, in our bio and our description. So they'll, they'll know where to find you. All right. But again, just thanks for coming on. And good luck with Gen Z Hoops. Good luck with everything you do. Good luck with the Xavier uh, High School team, Summer League this summer. Uh, literally everything. We can't, appre- we can't thank you enough for coming on to the episode. So, again, thank you so much. And to everyone listening at home, take care. Happy Buckets. We'll be back next Tuesday. See ya.